0: Probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%.
1: Projection. If
0: intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome to The Thing Minute Podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me this week is... Crystal
1: Beth from The Fifth Element and Unlimited Lives Radio Podcasts and Movies by Minutes Podcasts, like all of them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd say we've we've got an all-star on this week for sure.
1: <laughs> I love guesting. I like coming in for the fun part of everyone else's hard
0: work. <laughs> you know it's so funny i was thinking about that the other day and you're absolutely right i think that's the way to go if you're uh, out oh, it's the best <laughs> if you're if you're into these podcasts if you're if you're listening join the facebook group the uh movies by minutes group and yeah just see if you can get on some because man it's super fun to guest on other people's shows it's it's such a breeze and it's it's a blast <laughs> yeah it's awesome and
1: everyone's so cool too
0: yeah, it's such, I, I've brought this up a lot on the show, but the, the whole community, the Movies by Minutes community is amazing. Like, yeah. I expected to start the show and just kind of do it for fun and, you know, just whatever. And then I've had so much support that I was not expecting and advice and, and you know, all the guests that I've been able to get and stuff. It's been really wonderful. So it yeah. is a great community. I love them. Um, cool. So before we get into um, to this week's minutes, um, I guess if you want to kind of talk a little bit about your experience with the thing, I think I think you're pretty new to the movie, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm new as of
1: uh, like three days ago, and I had no idea what the movie was about. And it's so rare that I have no clue what a movie's about because growing up, I always thought the thing was a movie about Thing from Marvel.
0: No. <laughs>
1: but because it didn't look super comic booky, I was like, well, I don't know if I really want to watch this. And I was like, oh, maybe it's one of those weird, like, 1980s, silly comic book movies. I'm like, I'm not going to watch it. So I start getting ready to watch it, and my husband was like, that is a scary movie. I was like, wait, it's scary? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it's a scary, very scary movie. And I was like, oh, okay. So I start watching it, and I'm like... Why are they shooting the dog? <laughs> Why are they? I was so confused. Right from the like, get-go. Right? I was like, are they hunters? Like, what are they doing? Leave it alone. Like, any time it would fly low, I'd be like, leave it alone. And I was getting so upset. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, kill all the dogs. Kill them all. <laughs> I was like going through some motions and I I don't usually talk during movies because I'm watching and that's not how you I'd watch movies. Yeah. But I kept looking up at John. I was like, why are they going there? Why, why would they do that? Those <laughs> guys are clearly dead. Don't go there. And like, <laughs> John was like, well, you gotta, they have to do that for it to be a movie. And I'm like, I get it. Yes. Suspense and entertainment, but just don't go. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> I think it's really, I thought it was a really good movie. And I mean, John Carpenter Carpenter is amazing with everything he does. So I don't, I was so amazed by what this movie was. And I was so upset. I didn't watch it sooner, but I'm really glad I watched it now so I could appreciate everything about it and get to talk about it right away.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's, this is really cool actually, because, you know, obviously you're a veteran podcaster, so it's awesome to have you on, but it's awesome to have somebody on who's, like who's just seen it for the first time because we've actually brought it up a lot during the show about how almost every guest and I have commiserated about how much we wish we could see it for the first time again <laughs> uh. <laughs> because there's so many you know there's so many insane kind of surprises and twists and and shocking moments that it's hard to even remember what that was like the first time but so we're uh you know some of the stuff like uh Norris um and his chest and the dog kind of transforming was that stuff. Was that a pretty intense experience, seeing it for the first time?
1: (laughs) My God, I really wish. And it's so... I really wish I had recorded at least the audio of myself watching it. (laughs) Because I was audibly shocked by so many things. It's one of the movies where I'm like, I'm really glad I didn't see this in the theater, even though I would have contained myself in the theater. But I was like... There were so many parts where I was like, oh, and the one thing I like about John Carpenter is that he doesn't like... He doesn't focus on camera tricks and Mm -hmm. weird lighting and shadows to scare people. It's just the monster right there for you to see. And my God, that was so scary. And the chest part with his arms, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then the part where, um, oh, gosh, man, because I'm not fluent in this movie. I don't know the characters' names, but when they're doing the blood test, which is like the best part of the movie. Oh, it's amazing. Everyone's still tied together and freaking out for a solid two minutes, and no mm-hmm. one's cutting them out of the chairs. And they're all like trying to get away from the bad guy, <laughs> like, but they're tied to him. I was like laughing and screaming with them because it's such panic and disorder, mm-hmm. but that's hilarious. And God, and it's so real. Everyone's reactions are like when they're freaking out about being tied to the chair after they've figured out that they're not the alien. hmm Oh, that's awesome. And then, uh, yeah, the dog part. Man, because he was just staring at the dog, just staring <laughs> at him while he's transforming. And then I was like, you got to do, I was like, go do something. <laughs> <laughs> Yelling at my computer. And then I was like, that's, he's it. He's a bad guy. He's, he's already a thing. <laughs> he's like, and yeah, the dog was acting weird. It was staring at the wall while all the other dogs were lying down. Oh, and he's not going to tell him he saw that. No, he's he's a, he's an alien. That's yeah. Everyone was an alien.
0: <sighs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a unique movie because on top of the kind of like. Edge of your seat suspense and shocking stuff it's such a like it's a movie that you can't help but like constantly theorize like try and figure out what's going on the whole time and like you're constantly kind of like changing your theories about who's the thing and who's not and like so it's like it's super engaging on a lot of levels, which is you know one of the one of the many tricks this movie does that makes it totally awesome <laughs>
1: yeah and I was and even the part when they showed McCready's tattered shirt outside oh yeah i was like oh my god he could be an alien they could be doing that psycho thing where like i think he's the lead character and then he's gonna die again because i knew nothing about
0: this movie oh that's so awesome
1: <laughs> I, I don't and i went to film school and i don't know there's some movies that just didn't i don't know they didn't cross my path and the thing not even like quotes from it or clips from it crossed my path yeah. I don't know, and there's there's a so few <laughs> movies that I haven't seen that have an impact on society as a norm now. Like I haven't seen the Godfather films, yeah, and that's one where it's like kind of crazy, but I know a lot about them already because of
0: just pop culture but, stuff. Yeah. yeah,
1: and this one, my God, I oh, oh, I wish I wish I had like a little snip of the my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man! Well, yeah. I'm glad. Well, I'm, a I'm glad you enjoyed it, and b it sounds like you had exactly all the right reactions that Carpenter would have wanted. So, good. That's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. It's too bad yeah. we all, all of us who are like obsessed with this movie now were are not around in '82 to make it a big success when it came out. It'd be interesting to see a world where where this movie was like a huge success when it came out. Yeah. Not, not the cult movie, but yeah. I'm glad I we can all enjoy it now. Not. It's I know, crazy. isn't that nuts? I, I was like. Uh, um, I guess when I first started getting into the movie, I was shocked to find out that it was not like a huge success when it came out. Cause I was like, Halloween was like smashed box office records when it came out. So I was, right. I, I couldn't believe that this wasn't like a major thing when in 82, but it was a total flop. That's crazy. Yeah. Ugh. It, ugh. that always <laughs> happens though. Yeah, it's true. All the best stuff is only good later, only appreciated later, yeah. I should say. <laughs> well, I'm
1: glad because they made it so that I could, at, let's, what is it? 25 years later no 35 35 years 35 (laughs) years later i could watch it without anything being spoiled
0: yeah that's so awesome yeah i'm glad you also were able to watch it without knowing exactly what was coming that's pretty awesome
1: (laughs) yeah i wish there were more movies like uh, uh, but none of them matter this is what movie matters
0: (laughs) so um yeah so let's dig into this uh week so yeah so today we're talking about minute 91 which um Begins with uh, Nahl seeing Childs run by in the ice outside the shack and then uh, ends a minute later with uh, Max saying one of his uh, typically badass lines of uh, maybe we should warm things up a little around here. Uh So, um, yeah, so this this uh, minute really kind of uh, we I talked with uh, Mike last week about how this kind of begins act three of the movie and like the like total intense craziness of the of the second act that was like super suspenseful and then built up to these insane monster transformations has kind of slowed down. And now we're in kind of like entering the end game of the movie, which is kind of kind of interesting. We've kind of shifted tones a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's kind of sad.
0: <laughs> yeah, very. Yeah, that's what I that's what I said earlier. I think I said it in an email. But uh, you know, I hope you're happy with talking about like the most depressing part of this movie.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. This when I got these minutes and I looked because I also didn't watch the minutes before I watched the movie on purpose. Yeah, usually I'll watch the minutes to see where I am, even if I haven't seen the movie. But I was like, I didn't even think about it. So I was like, Oh, I'll watch the movie. But this is the part where I was like, they're all gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, cool with it. I don't know how I'd, I don't know how I'd cope with it. I don't know how much I care about humanity enough right. to sacrifice myself <laughs> to keep the thing in there. <laughs>
0: yeah so we'll uh through through this whole week we kind of uh go through almost like the stages of grief or denial a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> where we we kind of move on from like oh, these guys are like trying to do a heroic thing to oh like they know they're definitely going to die so we'll uh we'll we'll visit those moments as we get to them <laughs> but um yeah, so we begin this one with they they see childs run by and it's this kind of eerie moment because you know they 've just discovered this little u f o or or whatever whatever you want to say it is and you know, Childs is kind of supposed to be guarding the main camp to make sure that when they come back, you know, that they come back without Blair um, or, or Blair doesn't come back by himself, I guess I should say. And then he's so he's abandoning his post and then he's just sort of running around like we have no idea what's going on out there. And then the, and then the lights kick off and it's like, oh, well, something's if we were suspicious before, like there's definitely something wrong now. <laughs> right. Uh, because I've
1: not been able to talk to anyone about this movie. Is he an alien?
0: Uh, nobody knows exactly god um, that
1: makes me uh, <laughs> I love the way the movie ended but the whole time I was like he ran up like he's an alien why doesn't he just uh, if McCready saw him leave his post which he wasn't supposed to do and then the generator went out maybe if you know you're not the alien you kill the last person cause that's what you should do he's already murdered someone else that's not about this minute I'm sorry <laughs>
0: It's very hard, especially in the part of the movie we're at. It's really hard to talk about anything without referencing the end of the movie because everything is like every little like movement and and piece of dialogue you can try and use as evidence as to how the movie's going to end because it's such a such a like hotly debated mystery in in horror movie history. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, there were some some things last week we got we dug into. Um, there's some evidence that maybe Childs got attacked, and that he, uh, he his jacket got torn, and so he had to grab a jacket off the wall because there's a blue jacket missing from from that little room that he was in in the minute right before oh. this one. So there's and and definitely I think the, <laughs> the fact that he runs off at all is pretty suspicious to me. Yeah. Just on its own, like, it's, um, you know, I mean, I get, I guess if he sees Blair, his instructions were, like, torch him or whatever. But, you know, if Blair just runs by, uh, the fact that he runs out and he just, like, leaves the door wide open. Yeah,
1: that's the opposite of his job. Right. <laughs>
0: like, it definitely feels like an abandoning your post more than, like, a taking action kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and I just, I don't, hmm, I, I don't like it. I'm I'm suspicious of him and I think that he should have been burned, uh no one no one survive. Kill everyone.
0: <laughs> you wanna make this movie even more depressing and dark by the end.
1: <laughs> yes. I mean that's I the think the ending's
0: go. perfect because you don't know what's
1: going on and they don't and they don't allude to it either. Like mm-hmm. there's no ending where you see like a sly look past the camera and you're like, Oh, that's a bad guy. Right. It's like he could not be bad. He could have really just been like oh, I hear a sound. I'm going to go get it now before anything else can happen. You don't even think to close the door. That could be it.
0: I mean, and I guess the other thing to play devil's advocate too, the other thing is that would probably play into Child's personality. Like he is like the most aggressive, like, you know, as they say, kind of temperamental guy uh, in in the group. So I guess he could feasibly be like, well, hell, this is my chance to like take care of it once and for all. I'm just going to do it.
1: Right. And so that makes sense. But then the generator went off and I was like, oh, well, I don't know where the generator is in location to where he was and could he get to it that fast? So like, is it a teamwork thing where they were like distracting him for a second and then he's over there or is he somewhere else? He's trying to look for him. There's just too much.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. And you know, it's funny, I never thought about it until as you were saying that, that I wonder if, um, you know, I, think it, I, I do think it's Blair that turns the generator off because, you know, later we find out the generator's down in the basement. So right. to have... You know childs is running by outside. He probably couldn't get to it in the span of like five seconds or whatever, but so you know this almost might be one of the times that the thing is trying to trick other people into thinking somebody else is infected, like maybe this is its kind of rudimentary way of trying to say like, "Hey, he just ran outside. I'm gonna cut this generator they'll they'll think that's even more suspicious, maybe they'll maybe they'll kill childs or turn on him,
1: yeah, I would.
0: <laughs> yeah totally I yeah I think the first time I saw this movie I was like yeah child is 100% I, I've gone back and forth a lot over the years uh, every time I watch this movie I think I change my mind about it but um, yeah I think the first time I saw it this moment in this minute I was like is, is the the clinching piece of evidence like yeah he is definitely something weird is going on here
1: yeah well that's like my entire being watching this movie like something weird's happening yeah something this isn't no and then especially with the blood test not, yeah. No one that I thought would the blood would explode, exploded. I was like, this is crazy.
0: Yeah, that, that moment is so ridiculously intense because, yeah, they, we talked about it so much uh, a couple of weeks ago that they go through so many tests before something actually happens that you start to even wonder if the test is legit. Like, right. Like, you really don't know. Like, and even if you know that the test is going to work, you have no you and the characters both have no idea what's going to happen when it works. Like, right. Like, is then, the blood going to explode or, like, like what?
1: Right. Or is it going to, like, well, because even when they first touched the hot iron to the blood, it made a, a sizzling sound. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, alien.
0: <laughs> like, that's it. That's the sign. Yep. The test is positive. Yep.
1: I would have just killed everyone then. I'd have been like, yep, yep, exactly. You're you're all you're all aliens <laughs> yeah that's
0: what we said is like as somebody who's having that test performed on them I'd be terrified that McCready would like interpret anything as like a sign that something was wrong with the blood because I don't know what would happen if you put a hot piece of copper in a vial of blood like yeah like, I've never done it before like, maybe it bubbles up maybe it like I have no idea like he could interpret anything as as a positive sign so I would be pretty terrified if I was being tested even if I knew I wasn't infected <laughs>
1: yeah I just I that part's crazy and then the one thing that I do really enjoy is all of the blue and red in this minute. Yes. Like it's just such good filming when you have like all the blue on one side and then the flare comes up and he holds it right next to his, his face. And it's mm-hmm. just,
0: ugh. yeah, it's like
1: two sides of like the rage, but then also it's like really sad that they're going to die.
0: Yeah. This, this movie has incredible color and lighting in it. And, um, yeah, this minute's a, a really good highlight of that because like we start the minute, it's like all black and blue. Like there's it, like you could almost it's like it almost looks like one of those um, like a super old silent movie where it was black and white, but they like hand tinted it. You know, yeah. Like, like there's literally no color in the frame besides black and blue in the in like the first 15 seconds of this minute. And you can um, barely
1: see their faces too, which yeah. is always such a nice touch because a lot of times movies pay a lot of money for their actors, so they're like right. please show them the whole time. <laughs> Uh, but this is like scary. You can't tell who's who Mm -hmm. everything's shadowy. I would kill all my friends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. The lighting works really well. I mean, the fact that you don't tell on, on top of the fact that it's super dark, they're all wearing like super, uh, you know, bundled up clothing. So you can, a lot of times you can hardly, even when they are lit, you can hardly tell who's who it's like all these little things to kind of put you on edge a little bit. Like, maybe subconsciously give you the idea like uh maybe that guy behind me is not who i think it is and you know it's it all works really well together to make all of this just super super unsettling. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this the beginning of this minute that the generator kicking off and then those like super dark uh deep blue lights kicking back on and it's just like barely illuminating the path back to the base is like such a creepy like uh like haunted house kind of moment i guess.
1: Mhm.
0: Yep. So, um, so yeah, after the generator kicks off and we get that, that moment, then they kind of start to discuss their options because, you know, now, now they think that maybe they're down another guy with childs. I don't know what's going on with him. And then, uh, Matt kind of sums it up and saying, uh, you know, if it cut the generator, then in, in six hours, it'll be a hundred below in here, which is like unfathomably cold. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: It's too cold
0: yeah i so i I did some very like basic research. I was trying to figure out how long somebody could actually survive if it was really that cold, mm-hmm. and it's pretty quick like <laughs> um yeah it sounds like you would probably go in about three minutes in a hundred- a deg- hundred below which is insane like apparently, like it sounds like if your body gets below like your body temperature gets below seventy degree mark, then you kind of just you know fade away like there's no recovering from that. But on the other side of that I when I was researching I did come across this weird a few articles there uh I don't know if they're like urban myths or if any of these are legitimate or what but there are some stories of people uh that have hibernated sort of like there was a guy who got trapped on a mountain in Japan who survived for like 24 days it wasn't this cold obviously it's not Jeez, Antarctica yeah. but he survived for 24 days like covered in snow like and they claimed that like you know his organs had kind of shut down and he was basically in hibernation but you know, I don't know. If there's a lot of science to back that up, but I did. Th- I think that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I came-, <laughs> came across that. It's so
1: there's like that guy that can run marathons and stuff with no shirt on. Right. He's like impervious to cold just because he meditated on it.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. He- that you know what was crazy is that was one thing that they said it, that it is a major factor in how long you can survive in in some like intensely cold temperatures is how much you're used to it. Like, isn't that weird?
1: Yeah. It, I mean it, it it is weird but it also makes complete sense because uh well just based off of a, uh my friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> I grew up in Rhode Island which isn't a super cold place but it's mm-hmm. not super warm either. And my SoCal friends, I'll be in uh, like with no coat on and they'll be freezing cold and I'm like there's what it is nice out. Yeah. And it's the same thing with uh like if meeting someone from let's see. I had a guest come in to my work who it was cold out and he had a light fall jacket on. And I was like, what is wrong with you? And he was like, <laughs> I'm from Northern Canada. I'm here for work. And it is very cold home. And this is really nice weather. Like this is my summertime. He's got like flip-flops on. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's so it's, it is interesting how that, how bodies can get used to things but I don't know if anyone's used to 100-degree below. Yeah,
0: I don't know that anybody can get, like, used to that, really. Like, you could probably build up, like, a, a very small tolerance to it for, like, very, very short amounts of time. But, yeah, that's, that's like, that's insane.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so he's probably right is basically what I'm getting at.
1: <laughs> Wim Hof, that's who it is. I, I was go- frantically Googling. Wim Hof is the guy that uh, can withstand extreme temperatures.
0: Ah yeah. Yeah. So
1: he climbed to uh twenty-two thousand feet wearing nothing but shorts and shoes. That's insane. And failed to reach
0: the summit during a foot because of a foot injury. Sure it was.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, yeah. oh my foot, it's freezing cold. <laughs> that's
0: I think that's one of those things that Yeah, yeah, it's cold. I think that is probably why <laughs> that's the foot injury. Um yeah, that's one of those things that like just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it, probably. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, so he probably should have been on uh, on this team; would have been helpful, I guess, is what we're getting at. But yep, um, yeah. So uh, basically, you know, Max saying that he's trying to shut the generator down, and Gary Gary says, "But that's suicide." But once again, the uh, the drunken helicopter pilot on the crew is uh, is one step ahead of everybody else, and and has figured out that that's probably what it wants—that it wants to freeze—and because. I guess we know that the thing survived for like 100,000 years frozen in the ice um, where they found the UFO originally. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just just freezing itself here for presumably a couple months until, you know, until summer comes and somebody can come to rescue these guys is not so bad. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a nap for it.
1: It was very interesting to start the movie with a spaceship.
0: Yeah, I know, isn't that? So I always kind of forget about that every time I watch the movie. I'm like, oh yeah, there's this like hard sci-fi moment at the very beginning of this movie that you know I always kind of forget about.
1: Yeah, I don't think they needed that because I'll just believe it's an alien once I see the ship. And I again, I forgot about it too until we talked about the freezing. Yeah, I think that they could have just not had that because seeing a a spaceship in the ice, I would have been like, oh, that fell from space. That's how, that's how it yeah, got Yeah, I mean, that's I, I probably where you would the, assume. <laughs> because when I forgot that when the movie started and I saw that, I was like, what's this? <laughs> like, that was my first reaction was, ugh. Yeah. Because it's just, like, so spacey at the top instead of, like, going into it, which I, was surprising for me with John Carpenter. Yeah. And then I forgot about it completely.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, it probably wouldn't affect the movie too much in either direction, like, whether it's there or not. Yeah. But I do like it just because it does kind of like the whole beginning of the movie it's it's a weird mystery because it's not just a mystery of like um you know like a like a mystery that you know what you're trying to solve it's like you're trying to for the first half hour you don't even really know what this movie's about or like what's going to happen or <laughs> yeah like what the yeah. central like thing is in the movie like what is this movie going to be about and so that having that ufo in the beginning like throws you even more like what the hell is this <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's that's exactly how I started watching the movie. And then they're shooting at a dog, and I was like, what is this?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, this it's, thing
1: I'm being forced to watch.
0: It's a super weird beginning, at, well, watching it for the first time when you don't really know how those pieces fit together. It's like, this is so bizarre.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, which I kind of love. It's just so, you know, it's just so out there. And and then once you once you know what the deal is, it's like, oh, yeah. It's one of those, like, you know, go back and watch it immediately again kind of things. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so Mac has really kind of figured it out, and he says "Uh, it's got no way out of here, which I guess means we're they haven't really talked about the fact that they're going to blow up the UFO, but I guess that's supposed to clue us in that, yes, we're we're taking care of this thing. There's no way we're letting this thing survive here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, he says whether we make it or not, we can't let that thing freeze again, which is like the first moment where, as a viewer, you're like, Wait, like they're not gonna make it out like there's gotta be something like there's gonna be like a post credit right. sequence or like a helicopter's gonna show up like right at the last moment, like uh, you know this is like the first hint of that like nihilistic depressing thing where and like i i I think at this point, I'm always like, yeah no they'll they'll make it like he's just being kind of like you know melodramatic and heroic,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yep uh I will say uh when when Gary responds with his whole like what do we do? What do we do?" It's um, <laughs> it's it's maybe a little a little dramatic. I don't know. <laughs> it is, but I think that's his mo. It is. Gary's kind of like, like that. He's
1: a just. I mean, he was the one that knocked out the window, right? Oh yeah. To shoot the gun. Mm-hmm. That's that was that was a little overdramatic too. It was like clinkety clank clank break breaky break 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 shoot
0: through <laughs> the eyeball. Yeah, like, like, yeah, it's so weird. Gary's such a strange character to me because he starts out, like, that first scene, he's, like, you almost think he's going to be, like, the main character. Like, yeah. Like, he's, he's such a badass. He, like, busts this window out and shoots this guy in one shot, like, right through the eye. And then, like, immediately after that for the rest of the movie, he's, like, a kind of a pushover. He's, like, kind of a, like, worrywart. Him and Fuchs are, like, constantly just freaking out about everything through the whole movie. <laughs> but I will say, this is my favorite look for Gary. The whole, like... Uh, this ski mask or whatever that covers everything except like this oval of his face and, uh, and perfectly allows his crazy eyebrows to just peek through just right. Yep. <laughs> it was little caterpillars. Yes. Is, uh, we've had lots of theories about how his eyebrows may or may not, um, show that he's infected by the thing because there's no way those <laughs> are human eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is, um, I do think it's a possibility. My husband has a couple in his eyebrows that we always say could wire a motherboard of a computer. (laughs) And I was like, I saw his eyebrows and I was like, oh no, is that my future?
0: (laughs) That's what you have to look forward to. Yeah. Hey, you know
1: what? It's entertaining.
0: (laughs) You could just stare for hours into those eyebrows.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hide jelly beans in
0: there. (laughs) On Easter? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So uh, I will say that even though Gar- Gary's reaction is a little over the top, I think right after that, um, Kurt Russell's reaction is super convincing and is very kind of sad and, um, you know, it's it's a nice bit of subtle acting where he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't really even have to say anything at first. You kind of get, like, that sinking feeling a little bit. Uh-huh. That furrowed um, brow. Um and it's almost like, it's funny because it does he has that kind of sad look but then it's almost like he shakes it off and he's like all right got to got to be like the hero man i'm gonna you know i got to have my one liner here so yeah. so then we get it of course the whole uh let's uh let's warm things up around here so which is you know putting it lightly given what they're about to do but yeah, <laughs> it works um so um i do want to mention quickly uh that This, um, in the script, this whole section of the movie is like completely different. It's, it's kind of weird. Um, so I've, I'm kind of trying to, as we go through these minutes, I'm trying to kind of like approximate what's happening in the script sort of around this time. Cause they've, like, from the moment when they find the UFO up until like the end of the movie is really, really different in the script. There's like, um, instead of this whole like quiet setup where they're like trying to figure out where Blair went and then they don't really see Blair until really close to the end in the script, it's more like, there's like this kind of extended battle almost where they're being chased by something in the dark and, and then they're trying to like set traps for it and stuff. So um, for this minute, roughly, basically they're running back to the base and as, uh, after they see Childs go by and as they're run, or actually they don't see Childs go by, he's with them. So they're running back because the power's gotten cut off and they, um, as they're running, they're hearing like swiping sounds from behind them. Like something's trying to, trying to catch them. And it's severed as they're kind of following that rope to get back to the base. Uh, something like swoops out of the sky and uh, and cuts the cable and knocks Childs away from them. So that's how Childs kind of gets separated in the script, and um, and they're like struggling to get back to the base. So that that's kind of what's happening, sort of around this minute, um, and we can kind of update as we go. But yeah, it's it's a whole different ending. It's a pretty interesting ending, but I, I think I do prefer the one in the movie. Yeah, um, it is a good ending. It's such a this. This whole section of the movie is so, like, the fact that, again, we don't see a monster for a really long time just makes you, like, so on edge. This whole section of the movie, except for the beginning right here where we've got the music still playing, um, it's just, like, this really quiet build up, which is really kind of cool to lead into mm-hmm. the ending.
1: Or do we see the alien? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't know, I guess.
1: <laughs> <gasps> I get so much anxiety.
0: Yeah, this movie's kind of rife with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> it's kind of hard to watch this movie without getting like really uncomfortable. <laughs> very true. Um, well, I think that's all the notes that I had. Did you have anything that um that we didn't get a chance to bring up?
1: No, I talked about everything I wanted to say and uh way more.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think this this first one is probably our, was our, our chance to kind of bring up all the uh all the craziness from leading up to this point since you hadn't, yeah. hadn't had a chance to talk with anybody about it, so that works out. So, um, cool. Well, yeah, so I think that'll wrap up uh, Minute 91. But in the meantime, listeners, you can always go to thethingminute.com for full show notes on every episode. So that'll include links to anything we talked about and, and, you know, anything interesting that kind of goes along with this minute. Any behind-the-scenes photos I can dig up or anything like that, we'll usually post too. So check that out, but uh, make sure to come back tomorrow for another episode of The Thing Minute. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to thethingminute.com. There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. You can also find us on Twitter at the Thing Minute and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at MoviesByMinutes.com and be sure to head over to StarWarsMinute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper signing out.